Oh, praise God. Thank you, Kelly and Marcus, for your story. Thank you so much. Um, so powerful, so transformative. Um, I am looking for, oh, there they are, got them, and yeah, they, I don't know where you're pointing. Oh, okay, sorry, your finger was crooked. <laughs> and y'all, she's trying to point straight, she's like, like, no, I'm not looking for that. Hey, um, let me get Alyssa Taylor, Jack Hawkins, Morgan Wall, where is John Wall to stand, please? Please stand, please stand, please stand. Come on, if that's you, please stand. Thank you. Where's John Wall? He's serving. Oh, well, he's doing what he should be doing. We want to, um, uh, you're leaving, guys. And this was my idea. So, meaning, not, I'm not trying to take the credit for it, but what I'm saying is, is um, like, I wanted to embarrass you in this way. Um, these individuals are in the Air Force, and they are veterans. They serve the Air Force, Navy, 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 Navy. I knew it. The Navy, and they serve, uh, they've been serving the kingdom uh, for a while. Um, they give faithfully, and they're world changers. They're in medical school, so they're future doctors. And uh, I think this is y'all's last Sunday, correct? How about yourself, your last Sunday? We're going to miss you guys. So let's celebrate them and thank them for their service. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> yes, thank you. We love you guys. Thank you for everything. All right. Yes, that wasn't too painful now, Jack, was it? Not too painful? You love it? Oh, you love it. I, I couldn't tell. He was like, what's going on? <laughs> well, no, man, we, we love you guys. And uh, we thank you for your service to the kingdom and to our country. And uh, your futures are bright. And um, we're going to miss you, but I know Highlight is home for you. So we'll see you. They're leaving for nine months or so next year, a year, about a year. So, um, yeah, our prayers go with you, and so does our faith. And, no, God's going to use you. Let's give them another hand clap, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. All right. That preaching clock. Okay, cool. Man, I got 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> hey, join me in uh, John chapter 6. Um, let's honor our first-time guests, guys. Thank you guys for being here. And, um, we're in a series entitled Maximum Capacity, and I encourage you to catch the podcast. You can search us on um, iTunes or um, Google Play, Highlight Church. Uh, please catch the first two weeks of this podcast to uh, uh, get up to speed on the heart behind the series. And, um, you know, because if you're entering into week three, you kind of, you may feel lost at certain points of this message, but... Uh, I think if you go back, it'll, it'll all make sense. So uh, I'm going to start today, John chapter 6. I want to bring a message called all to, all to Give. All to Give. And uh, as we prepare our hearts for next Sunday, our maximum capacity offering, uh, every December, a little bit before Christmas, 
we bring God um, an offering above and beyond our normal tithe in order to accelerate the vision of the church and the kingdom of God uh, in this area. And so I I hope that you've been praying about what that looks like for you next week. Um, I've been praying and the Holy Spirit has been stretching and we'll see if the Holy Spirit wins in that tug. (laughs) I want to be obedient, but we'll we'll see. So um, last year, uh, a church of 115, and at at the time we were a church of 115, we've more than doubled um, your, your giving during that offering was maximum capacity and so I know the capacity is here but this series is about uh, matching your trust uh, with with what you can give with your ability um, to give so today uh, I bring a message to you entitled all to give John chapter 6 verse 1 says this after this Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee also known as the Sea of Tiberias Uh, A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Uh, In other uh, gospels, so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, many of them, the other gospels, they talk about the same account. Um, Jesus here is is healing all of the sick people, all of their ailments. Uh, We have 5,000 men. We're not counting the women and the potential children who are here. Um, so if we, we were to add a woman and a child, there are potentially uh, anywhere between 15 to 20,000 people that's following Jesus um, as he got off of the boat. And he began to heal all the sick, and he had compassion on the weary. And it says this here, Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him, so he gathered his, his 12 main guys that was following him, and he said this. Uh, well, it says here, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover. Um, so this is potentially a crowd that's going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Uh, the Passover is a time where Jewish people commemorate their exodus from Egypt, having been in slavery for 400 years. Um, Moses going to Pharaoh saying, free, free my people. God told you to free my people, free my people. And Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. God sent 10 plagues to warn Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. And so finally on the 10th plague, um, the oldest child, the oldest son in Egypt died. Everyone's oldest son died. um, But God told Moses to kill a lamb that represented Jesus and to smear the blood across the doorpost. Because when the death angel comes, the death angel is going to see the blood of the lamb. This was a, a, sh- a foreshadowing of Jesus. The death angel is going to come, look at the blood, and go past to the other house. So the blood of Jesus saves us from eternal death, which is hell. And I thank God for Jesus Christ. And so they were on the way to celebrate the Passover, but Jesus is still doing work. He's still healing people. He's still having compassion. And it says this here, verse 5, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Here we go. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. Oof. Test, trust, test, trust. A faith 
that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. So I got 20,000 people. There's 12 of us. The reason he's talking to Philip is because Philip is from a town called Bethsaida. In order to get to where they're going, they have to leave the edge of Galilee, the Sea of Tiberias, go to Jerusalem. In order to pass through, you got to pass through Bethsaida. So Jesus, out of all the disciples he could have talked to, he's talking to Philip, who is from Bethsaida. And essentially, he's saying, you know where we are. You know where all the good places are to eat around here. You are walking Yelp. And we need to know, where can we get food to feed 20,000 people? And I love it. The Bible says that he did this to test him. Hmm. Trust leads to transformation. A faith that cannot be tested is one that cannot be trusted. So I can sit in church, but can God test me? A faith that cannot be tested is one that cannot be trusted. And it says this here, he was testing Philip. Oh, my favorite part of this entire read. For he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus already knows what he's going to do. So what am I bringing next Sunday? What is the Holy Spirit asking me to bring next Sunday? And, and I, can, I can look at this verse and understand that. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going too far ahead. All right, all right, all right. Behave, Redding. Behave. Okay. I got to get into stories and analogies and stuff, so let me slow it down. Okay. Here we go. He already knew. I'm loving this message. He already knew what he was going to do. Verse 7. Pastor Joshua replied. Pastor Kyra replied. Whatever your name is, insert it right here. Verse 7. I replied. Even if we work for set for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. So I replied with an excuse. <laughs> when Jesus, when Jesus has a has a strategy already in place. Wow. God has a plan. And his plan is always good. But his plan involves our participation. Our participation is evidence of our trust. When we act upon what God has called us to, we're telling the spirit of God that we trust him. When we trust God with all that we have, trust leads to transformation. Uh, Jaziel, our oldest son, he just turned uh, 10 years old last Friday. And um, in order to overcome his fear of flying, he wanted to go to iFly, the indoor um, skydiving thing. And uh, so we, we, we took him, and um, we got there. We invited his friend, Rowan. Rowan is an HL kid. So he's an amazing kid. And so we're going in, and we're going upstairs to the second floor where this huge tube of air 
just blowing you. And as we're going up to the second floor, Rowan and Jaziel just become so pale. <laughs> and their mouths become so dry. And I'm like, you guys okay? And um, I, I totally want to do it, but I want them to do it first. Because truth be told, I'm just as scared as they are. <laughs> so I'm sacrificing the kids. And then Judah, oh Lord, Judah just, <laughs> Judah wants to do everything he sees his brother doing. And so he, uh, we have to, first I asked for a helmet. And then I asked him, hey, can he put on a suit? And then he wants to fly. And he gets in there and he's swimming and he's not doing anything. He's just kicking his legs. But, man, I just say, guys, it's, it's going to be okay, okay? I need, you're going to have a blast. You're going to have fun. All, on the inside, I'm like, just do it for me. So, <laughs> So I know how fun it is. And so, uh, so you're going to have fun. And they're just going about it just real somberly. And I said, babe, what kind of birthday gift is this? You should, you should enjoy your birthday and not be dreading, you know, fearful for your life. And, um, and what made it worse is that our trainer or the guide, the dude who does it with you, he's super sarcastic the entire training. He's rude, he's sarcastic, he's spitting jokes. It's like, bro, they're about to die. <laughs> and you got jokes for days. And he's like, I don't care. And he's rude to my four-year-old. I almost slapped him, man. He was just rude. I'm like, dude, he's four and he's sucking his thumb. Relax. Like, and he said, let's put on your helmet, kid. And I'm like, oh, my baby. And so they're just walking. And I'm like, uh, you know, they, they, I'm like, Jay, just... Just trust me. And so they get in there, man. And, you know, the first one is a little shaky. Jay gets in there second time. Rowan kills it, bro. Rowan's in here. Give Rowan a hand clap. He is the man. Oh, my God. Yes. This generation loves attention. Amazing. He just dabbed on me. Okay. Back to our regular scheduled program. I'm working on two service preaching times, so I got to keep going. Um, and so um, he killed it, man. And, and so Jay had three times. But by that third time, Jay was way in the sky. And he got out, and it was the best thing he ever done. And so I think we're going to be able to get him on a plane. But he had a blast. His joy was, was fulfilled simply because he, he trusted the encouragement of his father, and we celebrated him. Uh, what step of trust are you willing to take beyond finances? But God is calling you to trust in many different areas of your life. But what step of trust are you willing to take in order to see and experience more transformation in and through your life? God is calling you to trust him at a greater level. Essentially, this is what he's doing to Philip. There are 15,000 people. Philip is saying, even if we worked for months, some translation says, even if we had 200 denarii. A denarii was a day's wage. And so Philip is saying, even if we worked for over six months, we wouldn't have enough money together to feed 15,000 people. So Jesus is saying, well, let's test it. Let, let's test it. Let's see what you have to give 
and I'll, I'll take it from there. And so John 6, 8 through 9 says this here. It says, then Andrew, uh, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Andrew spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? I want to give you three points of encouragement here as uh, we prepare to, to give our all, all to give. The first point here is, is this. Don't give enough. Give all you can. Don't give enough. Give all you can. Barley in this day and age, this was, um, they, they called it a fair or food for horses, uh, goats, um, herbivores. Um, this, was, this was food that went in you and it went right out of you. These people had been journeying with Jesus for three days. Three days walking in, in the hot of the day of the desert, the cold of night, the cold of the nighttime, and Jesus is healing them and he's teaching them and he's doing ministry, but he also understands that they have physical needs. And so this boy that they find in the crowd, they, they, he brings it to this apostle Andrew. The, Andrew presents it to Jesus, and it's five barley loaves, pretty much five uh, 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 sleeves or sheet, sheets of lettuce, essentially, is what you can compare this to. And then two fish for 15,000 people. And so, but I get this idea. I get the, the idea that the boy's parents looked at everything that they had. They must have, the disciples may have been scavenging the place, the, the atmosphere, the crowd, and saying, hey, do you have something? Do you have something? And I get the idea that the parents of this boy, they're looking at everything that they have, and they're like, well, we can either keep it and consume it, or we can contribute. And, and so with Highlight Church, we get a lot of people that ask, how do I become a member of this church? And the lingo is always this. We don't believe in membership. Because to us, membership uh, gives way to entitlement. Th that's the church I go to. I'm a member at, but I haven't been there for, for five years. But that's my church. We say, hey, uh, I get it. It's, it's semantics or what have you, but we don't do membership. We do participation. Because when Jesus called the disciples, he said this, come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Come follow me and I will make you into someone who participates in changing lives for eternity. Come follow me and I will make you not a member, but a participator in life change. So I get the idea that these parents are like, well, I mean, I just had the flu last night and he laid a hand on me and he healed me. And man, grandma just, grandma had, you know, this and he healed her the other day. This is all we have. Take it to him. And the boy's like, Mommy, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. He's like, I'll do it, Mommy. Yeah. Well, go, go with Andrew. Go. Here you go, Jesus. And I get the idea that they were saying, this may not be enough, but this is all we have. Oh, man, if you guys are in the spirit, some of you are catching this. This may not be enough. This may be 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 100, 1,000. It may not be enough, but it's our capacity. It's all we have. And, and, and if we just get it into the right hands, 
something great's going to happen. Then you have other people who say, well, I've given enough, but they haven't given all they have. I've given enough to this marriage. I've given enough to my children. I've studied enough for this test. I've given enough to this relationship, but you haven't given all you have. So you're not seeing the results that you want to see in that area of your life because you've limited the, capa the capacity of what you can give. And when you limit the capacity, it's a sign that you've limited your trust. And when you limit your trust, God can only move so much. And so Malachi, who you mentioned, Marcus, in your video, uh, this prophet Malachi um, says this. Malachi 3.8 through 10 says this. Should people cheat God? Mm. Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? What do you mean, God? When did we ever cheat you? You said this, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. And he said, this is the result when, when, you, don't, when you don't give all of what belongs to me. The tithe belongs to God. He says this, you are under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Verse 10, bring all the tithes. All of it. The tithe, we understand, is 10% uh, of your income, which is not yours. The Bible teaches that it belongs to God. That's why you got to go back to week one. One of our, uh, well, week one, but even week two, we, a mindset is this, is we bring the tithe to God in order to maximize what we have we first understand that God is the source. It starts with him. So money is our resource, the strength that we have to gain wealth. Deuteronomy 8, 18, verse 8, says that God has given you the strength and power. He's the source of our strength and power to gain resource. And all God asks for is his 10%. God is saying, if you would trust me with all of what is mine, that's all I just need it. I just need all of what is mine. I would break through in your life. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. In the Old Testament, during Jesus' time, week one, he was at the temple. You brought all the tithes to the temple. When Jesus died on the cross, went to heaven, go back to our last series, he sent the Holy Spirit, which is him in us. Paul teaches us in Corinthians that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we give to God through the church. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why? So that there would be food in my house. Not just physical food, we can feed you, but spiritual food. Prayer, worship, faith, community, healing, miracles, connections, breakthrough, promotion, freedom. Food, bring all the tithes. If you do, says the Lord, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me, put me to the test. So essentially, this is not a test for Philip. 
This is a test for Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, we done changed the game now, Bruce. You felt that? Okay, we've changed the game now. So there's no pressure. I just got to bring the 10. You can do it. And this is the thing. Some people say, well, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. Well, if you can't afford to tithe today, you'll never be able to afford to tithe. The tithe has nothing to do with how much you have. It has to do with the priority of your heart. You have it. You just don't trust it. And we're going to help you today. Thanks, Mama. So, um, funny story. Um, zone out. Um, we, uh, it was um, November, no, not November. That's when I got married. Yeah, so this was about February 2013. And, uh, y'all, I was broke as a joke. Like, I don't even have a joke for how broke I was. Like, you normally have two penny rubbed together. It's stupid broke jokes out there. But I was so broke, I don't have a joke. So I was broke. And uh, I got off of uh, work one day. And um, <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed to tell you this, but I, I, this, this is going to add some value to this point. Um, you, can, you can leave the point up there. We need to, we need to like, concentrate on that as I tell this story. And so I, um, I got off work, and Pastor Kyra and I, we had been dating um, for about six months. We knew each other for a year. We dated for six months, and I knew it. I'm like, this is my girl. I'm, I'm good with the Jay Zeal thing. I can, I can dig that. We're developing a relationship. That was a struggle at first, but we're good. We're good. Okay, I can do that. And uh, I want to marry her. <laughs> I want to marry her. Yeah, got to get a ring. 20, 40, 60, 80. All right, 80 bucks. Ooh. I was living with mom and dad at the time, and I was working part-time. and uh, So I had 80 bucks to my name, literally, in my checking account. And I found the ring, y'all. Found the ring. Found the ring at Zell's. And I'm like, yeah, I was looking at it. <laughs> I was looking at it for like a month. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you. When I can afford you. I'm going to get you. And so I, uh, about a month later, I'm like, got my 80. And uh, it was on sale for 80. When I came back, it moved to 140. <laughs> like, all right, you're 140. So I called my best friend at the time. He was on our moving team, but, you know, things didn't, you know, him and his wife weren't ready to make the move to start the church. I still love him. His name is Jason Gale. Good guy. I said, bro, um, uh, can you lend me uh, 60 bucks? I need to, I need to get this ring. And um, it, it wasn't a carrot. It wasn't a point zero zero six seven carrot. It was cubic zirconia. I don't, I don't know what. It was plastic. It was something. <laughs> but... Uh, he came and 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 uh, you know he met me at the. I say, bro, you can throw twenty more on top of that, cause after you help me with this, I can't eat. So, <laughs> my, I've got to depend on my mom. And so I pulled out my eighty, and uh, it was really a promise ring. It wasn't a legitimate like engagement ring, but it was all I had. 
That was all I had, you know. So I pulled out my 80. He said, bro, I got you. He pulled out his money, and we paid for the ring, and I'm walking away nice and proud. $140 engagement ring. And uh, that night, right before work, she was asleep because she worked a night shift the day before. And uh, I'm like, man, this ain't the most romantic scene, and this isn't the most expensive ring, praise the Lord. But uh, <laughs> I was going to my night shift, and I woke her up, and I said, babe, um, you know, will, will you? I stuttered, too. I'm like, will, will you marry me? She was like, what? What? <laughs> what? I said, uh, uh, will you marry me? And uh, gave her the ring, and she got up. She cried. She hugged me around the neck. I wish we had the picture. It was my fault in not preparing it, but just on Facebook. You can go on her page. Go back to 2013. Just, on Facebook, that night, I was, it was midnight. I was in my shift. She was up late. She was like, I just got engaged, y'all, and just had, a, had the ring. Right? It's on Facebook now. It's like March or April of 2013 because we got married five months later. Just, oh, I got engaged. And, you know. And what I want to say is, is that it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to express my love for her. It never will be. Not a million, not 10 million, not a billion, not the dream house that God's going to bless us with one day. You need to dream too. Don't hate on me. I got a dream. You need a dream. <laughs> not the dream house. You need a dream. Not the dream house. It's not enough. But it was all I had. And because of it, and because of what it represented, we get to do what we get to do, and we get to do it with all of you today. Okay. Because I didn't allow the lack to keep me from trusting and obeying God and what the quality of our marriage could be. Never allow what you don't have to keep you from investing into the kingdom of God, what he's asked you to give. $120 sparked our marriage. It wasn't enough, but it was my all. And God called me to Cairo. John 6, 10 through 11 says this. Tell everyone to sit down. Now, men, let me, disclaimer, I don't advocate that. Go ahead and save and get you, you get your woman a nice ring now. Don't be doing that. Pastor said it. Y'all ain't built like us. We was hardcore. So if you ain't built like this, don't do it. You better put a grand down or something. <clears throat> John 6, 10 through 11. 500, something. 120. Yeah, but I got a calling, girl. We going to the top. Yeah, well, show me something. John, I'm loose today. I'm ready for next Sunday. Right? All right. We're going to get through this. Here it is. John 6, 10 through 11 says this. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. Uh-oh. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. There it is. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God. That's what I want you to do 
Anytime you give your offering, you give thanks for what you give. I don't, I haven't listened to the post-hosting segment in a while here at Highlight Church. I know we used to celebrate when it was time to give. We need to bring that back. But we want to give thanks because we have the opportunity and the ability to give, right? So he gave thanks, and for whatever reason, I'll preach this some other day in a different angle, and I'll really dig into this, but I have to keep going here. He gave thanks, and whatever reason, it multiplied. That's the principle. And distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. So he said, test me. The second point of encouragement I want to give you is this. Your all is enough for those in need. Your all is enough for those in need. I remember a month before we started the church, uh, I put a video out there. You can, you can see this online, too. It was called 30 and 30. Um, after re- reaching out to a few pastor friends and um, people who had uh, been connected better than me um, they had years of ministry experience um, man I, people were telling me hey you need 25 grand to launch this church and I had friends that had a million dollars to start their churches not understanding that they just they had a lot of support and I was just starting from the ground up and so I, I just felt this need I said okay it's September we're launching in a month and I, I put this video out on, on Facebook we said 30k and 30 grand in 30 days and so uh, about two weeks before we had to purchase everything, by the end of that 30 days, we didn't raise $30,000. Uh, we raised about 1000 And so what we had is um, we had our, I've told the story before, we had $13,000 that we started the church with. And I did not think that that was enough, but it was more than enough for those in need. It was more than enough, as I can see to this present day, for those struggling marriages. It was more than enough for those who did not have a church home in this area and they needed somewhere to worship God and build community. It was more than enough for those who were strung out on addictions and they were depressed. They were addicted to drugs and alcohol, but now they're free. It was more than enough for those who battle with low self-esteem and who don't know their worth and who don't know a God that has died for them and who loves them and who's going to take them to heaven and who's going to give them a purpose. It was more than enough for the single mom with two kids, four kids, five kids. That 13000 was more than enough. It was more than enough for those in need. And this is what this family understood. This may be five barley loaves and two fish, but when we get it in the hands of Jesus, it's more than enough for these hungry people. It's more than enough for these dying souls. It's more than enough for these lost people. It's more than enough for this Starbucks barista. It's more than enough for the person that's at your job right now who needs hope, who needs the gospel, who needs a community. It's more than, it was more than enough for you when we found you depressed and downtrodden and lost and having problems. That 13 was more than enough to create a place where you could meet Jesus, where you could find freedom where you could stand up on your feet, where you could lift your head when you were struggling. That 13,000 was more than enough so that you could have hope and so that you could find eternity. It was more than enough. It was more than enough. 
It's more than enough. More than enough. It's more than enough for our community partners whom last year we gave $13,000 in outreach as a church. This year we've given 21 grand. In two years we've given $34,000 in outreach. Starting from the ground up. It's been more than enough for those kids who, who would not have a Christmas unless you give. It's been more than enough for those mothers who are seeking refuge because they're being beaten by their husbands every single night and they go to a place that's similar to a detention center, but you're painting and you're furnishing, furnishing and you're building. It's more than enough for those mothers to know that it was the hand of Jesus that painted this room and now I can breathe and now I can have peace and now I have hope. It's more than enough. That's all I can do is to 10 bucks. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. 35 grand. Supplies and food and clothing. We're giving hope. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough when uh, there's a couple here who are leaders and they were on the verge of divorce but now they've just had a, a, a newborn son. He's two months old, and his name is Dom. It's more than enough. It's more than enough for some of you who have been suicidal before the start of this church, but when you came here, you found Jesus. You felt him wrap his arms around you during worship, during the messages, after service when you connect with people, when we're praying and you're crying. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. Whatever you have is more than enough. And we're called to be Philip. Jesus is saying, what do you have? Because I'm not done. Yes, I've healed them, but I want to supply for them. I want to supply their every need. That's how good God is. He wants to supply every need in your life. It's more than enough. John 6, 12 through 13. Come on up, Mercy. We're going home. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. There are leftovers? What? So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Last point of encouragement, you can't outgive God. He asked him because he had a plan. He understood that the disciples were hungry too. They had needs too. So pastor, I hear you. I'm inspired. We, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm, I'm praying. I'm ready to go. Can't wait for our offering that Sunday. But what's in it for me? Pull the verse back up. John 6, 12 through 13 says this. After everyone was full, after the needs of those who were called to are met, for he had a plan in mind. What was his plan? Yes, his plan was to fulfill the needs of others, but watch this. He hasn't forgotten about you. 
Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Jesus is so strategic. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps. 12 disciples, 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I remember last year doing our gift of generosity offering. Um, there was an offering envelope um, when we counted up the offering. There was an envelope that put $3,500 uh, at first. And then they, they scratched it out. This was a, a husband and a wife. They've since moved away and um, God has blessed them. But they scratched it out because I get the idea that during the offering they were kind of that ain't enough. You better put some more. I think it was the wife, honestly. So he scratched out the 3,500 and put five. And um, like I said, they've since moved away. But during that season, they were struggling about buying a home. And uh, six months later, um, this past summer, they built their dream home. Now they live in it and they're doing well. Um, there was a couple who um, called us when we were in Redland Middle School this past summer. We had met with them earlier in the year, and uh, they were, you know, had been trying to get pregnant for a while, and I, I attested to their serving, but God honors your giving. And so um, a couple months later, they pulled us into a classroom, and they said, Pastor, Pastor Josh, Pastor Kyra, you two are the first people we're telling this too and they said after trying for a season trying and trying and trying we finally conceived a child and uh, we prayed with them we celebrated we cried we laughed and I can only attest it to their faithfulness from day one they've been giving faithfully every week to advance and to build the kingdom of God and when you trust God He doesn't forget about you. And God told me to tell you this during my studying. He said, tell them that those 12 basketfuls represent all of their needs met for the 12 months of 2019. But I'm calling them to trust me like they've never trusted me before over the next two Sundays. Wrestle with the Holy Spirit. Last year, this place was packed. I thought it was going to be empty. It was offering Sunday. It was packed, and the church was ready to deliver. It's in you. And remember this. It's what God wants to do for you. And there are things you're praying about. And we can serve, and we can pray, and we can fast, and we can open a door for old ladies. But there's nothing that tests our trust in God more than that thing that's in our wallet. And that's what God wants, is your trust. And he wants you to maximize that trust next Sunday. So let's come ready next Sunday for our offering. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise.
Let's bow our heads, church. Let's pray. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to extend this offer of salvation to you. God loves you. You are forgiven. Jesus came to live a perfect life and to die on a cross for you. And today you can be made new. You can receive grace and forgiveness and a brand new start. And if that be you, on the count of three, you just raise your hand high. We're going to pray with you as a church. God loves you and he's calling you home. He wants to provide your every need. On the count of three, one, two, three. Raise that hand high if you're coming to Christ. Raise it high. God bless you. You can put that hand down. God bless you. Church, let's celebrate. Salvation reigns in this place. This is why we exist. God bless you. Let's pray together. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Fill me with your spirit. I love you. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church.